Greetings and salutations, sugar plums. Welcome back to another episode of Arian Rates and the Goddess Experience, the only podcast dedicated to helping you raise your vibration so that you may live your best life for your highest and greatest good and harming none. Today's episode might seem random, but it's actually one I've been meaning to do for quite some time. And this episode may be slightly uncomfortable for some of you, but don't worry, this is a safe place, Sugar Plum, and always will be. And I will add that this episode is for the adults in the room, so the 18 plus crowd. If you're a teenager, this really doesn't apply to you. If you're a child, definitely doesn't apply to you. So this conversation is not meant to pass judgment. It is only intended to make you think about some things that I'm bringing up. I'm not shaming any one group of people and do not wish any disrespect. And I set the intention that the divine messages flowing through me today end up connecting with who they are meant for, for the highest and greatest good of the collective and harmony. So today we're going to dive into something I've wanted to talk about for a while, but haven't had the balls to, pun intended. I'm talking about sex. Cherries, peaches, eggplants, water emojis, and winky faces, but not only that, I wanted to talk about how sex has become so ingrained in our culture that it's actually being debated online whether or not it is inappropriate to talk about sexual liberation around a nine-year-old. It started with a conversation I had with my dear friend Elise Thornback about how the saturation of sex in the industry dilutes true creative self-expression because that is a very adequate statement that rings true on many different levels. But I procrastinated and put it on the back burner until I saw a video where someone was commenting on a certain female rapper's inappropriate behavior while being interviewed at a fashion show. Now, normally I would censor the name of the artist because I don't want to give her any press on my platform, but for those of you who don't know what's going on in the rap girlies niche of hip-hop, I will make an exception, especially while I'm talking about mindset and not music, and this is something we need to be more self-aware of. The music, movies, and TV shows, and video games that we allow into our lives need to be chosen with more discernment than assuming what looks the same is the same. There is a difference between being empowered in a toxic way and being empowered in a healthy way. And there always will be a distinct difference between the two. So I saw that Lotto was at a fashion show recently where she was interviewed by a nine-year-old who asked Lotto how she would describe her personal style, her fashion sense, her style. To which Lotto replied, that of a sexually liberated woman. You'll learn about that later. Whoa. Blackie Speaks has an incredible video on it that I will link down below because it actually shows Lotto being interviewed by this girl and it also shows a different guest at the same fashion show being interviewed by the same little girl to provide more context as to what the other people at the event were telling her. And I will add that this nine-year-old reporter is ahead of her time and was at the fashion show working, so it is the responsibility of the adults around her to respond appropriately 
Not only that, but in any other industry other than sex work, freely referring to yourself as a sexually liberated woman would be considered sexual harassment, and if it was a repeat issue, it would be grounds for termination. Could you imagine a gas station or bodega clerk talking to your nine-year-old that way? No, of course not. You would demand to speak to the manager or corporate office and demand that that clerk be removed from their post. And I have to point out that if Little Wayne or Little Baby or Run the Jewels talked like that to a nine-year-old girl, their careers would be over. They would be canceled and no one would support their music because they'd be grooming the kids. So why is it okay that Lotto said this to a child? Well, it's not. If Nicki Minaj or Dochi spoke this way to a child, I would seriously reconsider my appreciation for their work. It's time to show up, slow down, and take a step back. Why is this happening? How does it affect us? And what can we do as self-aware, enlightened beings to protect ourselves from this wanton, toxic energy? And to be perfectly clear, I am not a doctor or a therapist. I am an author, YouTuber, and mindset coach. So at the end of the day, this is just my own personal philosophy based off my own observations and is not anchored in scientific fact. I am also not a conspiracy theorist and have nothing against the music industry. I'm not here to talk about lizard people or bash anyone. I just think it's of utmost important that we stay aware and conscious of the individuals that we give our energies to and the messages we let into our psyches. That being said, I do agree with Blackie Speaks that this was wildly inappropriate and that's why I sat down to write this episode because a lot of Lotto fans see nothing wrong with the comment, even though they should. And instead of rethinking paying this woman's salary, they defend her by saying she's just being herself. And this was literally something somebody tweeted at me. So because she said it to a nine-year-old, it's wrong. What, uh, yeah, it's wrong because she stated it uh, around a nine-year-old and started talking about sexual liberation with a child, not even a pubescent youth, but a child. And it's pretty weird that sexual liberation is so intertwined in her personality that she chose to bring it up. What do you like about yourself? Well, I'm a creative person, I like my eyes, I'm a sexually liberated woman. No, that's not how your personality quiz goes. I also know that in 2022, allegedly sex workers can be normal people with no trauma, but let me rewind it about 20 years. Remember in the early 2000s, before the slut-shaming movement, where there was decency and indecency, back before all of these lines got blurred? Strippers, porn stars, and the like were broken in de degenerate people who came from abusive, broken pasts and were often doped up on all sorts of illicit drugs just to get by and be able to work past the bottom of the barrel way that they were degrading themselves for a living. Rob Zombie actually made Michael Myers' mom a stripper in his Halloween adaptation to help explain why the kid was so fucked up and started killing people because the OG Michael Myers was just a spoiled rich kid who didn't get to go trick-or-treating. I dropped the ball on that one. That's great. Anyways, for those who did choose to strip, it was 
a means to an end, paying bills like Mama Myers in Zombies Halloween to pay tuition and so forth. But it was always, always, always an act of desperation because there didn't seem to be any other option. Sure, the money's there and always will be, but it begs the question, when does the cost start to outweigh the reward? AKA, is the money ever worth it? And I'd also like to inquire, at what point did it become acceptable and respectable to be a sexual degenerate? Personally, I don't think it is. But some portion of society does for some reason, and that's why Lotto didn't think twice before spouting off such an alarming statement to a child. You guys, a child. Let me pause for a second. I am passionate about this because I personally have sexual trauma. I have early childhood trauma that I don't remember at all and don't really want to because the details don't really matter 30 years later. And I have sexual trauma that I do remember. I'm not here to go into details, but essentially I had a friend force me into a relationship with her. So I have been exploring sexual liberation since I was about 11. That's why I'm so mad at the fact that a public role model did this on camera without even thinking. And I found out later in life, I think I was like 23, that children should not be like that. The, the early childhood sexual exploration is a sign of sexual abuse every time. Kids shouldn't be thinking about sex until they hit puberty, which is why teenagers are so-called young adults. Stop trying to force kids to grow up early. It's not cool. The fact that Michael Jackson was the frontman of a band and singing about adult relationships at five and six years old shouldn't have set the standard for what five and six year olds should be doing. It should have been a massive signal for Child Protective Services to get involved in the Jackson family because there was definitely abuse in that household. I mean, ABC was cute, but I Want You Back was fucking weird if you take a step back and think about it. But I digress. Human sexuality is inherently a part of life, like breathing or your heart pumping blood, and it shouldn't be a foundational core of your personality, regardless of your sexual orientation or how you identify. The fact that you have sex is not how you should automatically state who you are as a person. <laughs> And over the years, we have seen numerous sexually liberated women from Morticia Adams to Christina Aguilera and Madonna to Nicki Minaj, and there are lots of different ways that a sexually liberated woman can present herself in the way she dresses. It's okay and actually beautiful to stand tall in your sexuality and be proud of who you are. However, just like everything else in this life, there's a healthy and a toxic way to do it. Speaking of healthy and toxic ways to do things, I want to take a few minutes to talk about healthy versus toxic ways to stay energized throughout the day and give you my 14-day magic mind review. I have been taking these flow state shots for about 14 days now and I feel phenomenal. I was having a huge slump with my productivity as a creator and didn't really know how to get back in the groove of this whole routine. Magic Mind helped me fix that, and I am very grateful because I really love my work here, and I feel like this podcast is an excellent way for me to serve the global community for the collective's greatest and highest good and harming none. I wasn't expecting to suddenly have so much to say. 
when I teamed up with Magic Mind, I was in it for the matcha and ashwanda, but I'm staying for the lion's mane and cordyceps. I have been unbelievably focused and creative since I brought Magic Mind into my life. And after about two weeks of taking it, I have some new things to tell you about. So initially, I was up until 1 or 2 in the morning because I would have my Magic Mind by 7, drink a 16 ounce coffee by 10, and then I would be wired, but not in a bad jittery way, in an alarmingly focused kind of way. But by like day 5, my body started getting tired by 11.30pm. So I would say the adaptogens in there really went to work to help me maintain a 6 hour minimum sleep regimen. In the last three to four days, I haven't felt like I've needed it to get going, so to speak. The effects seem to be lingering, to the point where I'm kind of excited to stop taking them so I can see how long it takes to feel like I need more. So I definitely think that you could stretch a 14 pack for a whole month, either by taking one every other day or by alternating one week on, one week off. I was also really surprised that the Bacopa seemed to alleviate my zombie scroll problem with social media and set better relationships with all of my vices. But I was even more surprised by how this little magical drink helped me reconnect with my personal health. I put a goal for this week, the last seven days, to work out two times a week for 15 to 20 minutes per session, and on my last day off, I took a shot sat down to work on my proof edits, and couldn't bring myself to do so without working out first. Even though I'd hit my two week, two times a week workout goal, it was pretty surprising, and that was really refreshing. So enough about me, let's talk about you. You need this shot in your life. It is beyond worth it to make the investment into your mental and physical well-being, and, especially since I have done it, now it's your turn. Go to magicmind.co slash 14 days of magic to learn how joining the 14 days of magic challenge and sharing your journey over the next 14 days will help earn money for reforestation. Not to mention entering the chance to win a one to three month subscription of Magic Mind. I will be announcing the winner on November 26th, so please do not miss out. That's up to three months of Magic Mind from me to you for being dedicated to living life on your highest vibration. So go to magicmind.co slash 14 days of magic. That's M-A-G-I-C-M-I-N-D dot C-O backslash 1-4-D-A-Y-S-O-F-M-A-G-I-C to learn more and use code GODDESS14, that's G-O-D-D-E-S-S-1-4 at checkout to save 20% off your order. It takes about three to five days for it to show up, so you'll have time to set your goals and then post about your journey to social media with the hashtag 14 days of magic. That's one four D A Y S O F M A G I C to help raise money for reforestation. Every thousand views is 10 bucks put towards reforestation. And last time I checked on the Aryan right side of things, we've earned about 40 or $50 already. Um, which doesn't sound like much, but considering I'm a really, really, 
really small channel um, and my Instagram is less than 2,000 people, I'm really, really proud of that money donated to saving the trees and replanting the trees and helping the planet and combating what we do as humans to live on this planet. You deserve the same healthy relationship with your caffeine that you do with human sexuality that we're talking about here today, and all the other relationships in your life, work, sleep, family, friends, and so on. Food. Why should your energy boost be any different? Discover a new sense of calm and a new state of being so that you can get more done and help plant some trees by doing it. Because who doesn't want to be less stressed out while getting more done and getting back into a healthier, more balanced routine while giving back to the planet? And speaking of healthy routines, let's finally get into healthy versus toxic forms of sexual self-expression. When I sat down to write this episode because of why I started to talk about it, I thought I was going to talk about music quite a bit and particularly female rappers in this segment and um I definitely sat down with the intention of doing that and then when I was writing it I figured out a way to go forth without doing that so um we're going to just talk about self-expression in a much more general way because it really doesn't matter and I really don't personally know what's going on in these women's lives and it's not about the way that they're expressing their bodies it's about the mindset behind it so it really doesn't matter what they're doing it really matters what you're doing so do you remember what it was like going through puberty all of a sudden you're looking around the room and noticing that certain humans make you feel tingly your body mind voice and even aspirations are constantly evolving and some days it can feel like you're lost at sea in a rowboat trying to navigate a storm do you remember that fucking <laughs> okay, i remember that and maybe it's just because i grew up in a toxic household and didn't have the best role models inside my home while i was growing up that i feel this way but the thing that i remember most was being desperate for attention look i have boobs now someone love me and that's all i can think when i see that's all i can think when i see these new girls involved in the sexual shock and awe olympics and i definitely don't have to bring up anybody by name in this episode it's really nice so in the terms of sex and attention it's just like every other facet in our lives the mindset is key. If your sexuality is tied up in getting attention because you don't love yourself and only know how to fill that void with affection and attention from others, that is toxic self-expression. And I'm really glad that I figured out a way to talk about this without name calling because I have no idea who within the music industry is operating out of fear and scarcity mindset and who is working from a space of confidence and love and light, even though you can kind of guess that based on lyrics you never really know you never really know um and it's really tricky to tell the difference at a glance between toxic and healthy self-expression when the vast majority of women in the hip-hop genre have explicit lyrics and twerk for the camera in at least one video but the philosophy and mindset behind toxic versus healthy sexual expression is a night and day difference 
On the toxic side of things, you begin operating from a space of lack and perpetuate the rumor that if you are anything other than something nice to look at, people will stop paying attention to your work. It is very damaging and works to remove the self from self-expression because you're stuck in the mindset of FOMO or fear of missing out and think that you're not think that if you're not doing what those people over there are doing, no one will care or even see you. And it's the same thing as starvation mindset where you are clawing and fighting for your seat at the table. In this scenario, toxic sexual expression sees a table of nudists and things I can't sit there unless I'm naked when really all are welcome at the table and you're just making an assumption based on self-doubt. And as long as you're making decisions based out of self-doubt and fear, you are stuck in starvation mindset, you are living a toxic lifestyle, and you will never truly succeed, which sounds really harsh, but I just got out of it. So like, it's not a judgment. It's not a judgment. I just got out of this toxic mindset within the last couple of years. So I, I know that you can't succeed while you're stuck in toxic mindset because eventually that toxicity begins to wear on you and eat at you because it's poison. It's poison. It's poison. Telling yourself that you don't have value if you're not presenting yourself the same way as those around you is fucking poison and it kills people. And I think what happened is there was a woman or a handful of women who really truly just wanted to flaunt their bodies and felt really powerful doing it. But then the narrative got flopped from these women feel powerful and choose to express it this way to this is the only way a woman can be powerful. Even though that couldn't be further from the truth. And I think it's really important for me to add that if you're covering up from a negative space of fear and lack, when your greatest desire is to live in your short shorts, that is also a super poisonous place to be. Toxic sexuality could be described as ideals surrounding human sexuality that are forced upon you to make you fear something, either sex itself or losing control, when in reality to be disconnected from your sexuality is equally as toxic as relentlessly magnifying it. Human sexuality requires a balanced connection between your mind, body, and spirit and is really just the ability to love your space vehicle flesh suit the way it is for all its flaws and imperfections and then dress and express yourself the way that you want because it blisses you out and keeps you on your highest vibration for your highest and greatest good and harming none. You deserve to feel sexy and you don't have to do it the same way everyone else is doing it if there's something else you'd rather be doing. That's why I love Dochi. She's doing something no one else has and we need more of it. We need more genuine self-expression. Why copy and paste if you want to create? When I was talking to Elise about this author of Tale of Essex, she mentioned the damaging aspects of it in all angles, desensitizing the public to sex, dehumanizing women slash people, and taking away from those who are really genuinely expressing themselves instead of desperately trying to meet a view count quota by copying, copying what is popular. And it really is all of these things that brought me here today to rant to you about it so that we can do better on a spiritual front. So number one, 
don't bend to peer pressure. Sexiness is a vibe, not an outfit, and it is truly just self-confidence. Anyone can be sexy if they want to be with a simple mindset shift that who they are on the inside is attractive. That's it. Number two, be yourself and be confident in it. Number three, be conscious of the people you choose to reward with your energy. And yes, I mean musicians, actors, influencers, and even the clothes you wear and the food you eat. Nicki Minaj is my favorite example of this. Because of Anaconda in 2014, most people know her as that. A very sexual booty in your face rapper who just only talks about her body and sex. And there's some people in the general public that assume this means that Onika is a vapid nympho, but her career was actually founded on a very PG rated girly girl persona. And her lyrics always make me feel good powerful and uplifted. Not to mention, she always, always, always uses her platform to encourage her audience and to strive to achieve more, be independent, and have respect for themselves. The same rapper that people associate with the twerk in a thong visual phenomenon also released a song in 2022 with a line that says, I could be all the way covered and still given sexy. Number four, Live in abundance mindset and act from a place of your highest and greatest good and having none. It is important that we set a higher standard for sexual expression for ourselves and for the collective because it impacts the way that future generations will see themselves. Let's prioritize magnifying our souls and showing them off instead of our body parts. On that note, I figured you should know how the themes of trauma and healing tie into my books because you deserve the love and light in everything you consume. I actually write about sexual trauma a lot and Flashbacks and Afterglow has a really good scene that depicts Snowflake having a flashback and the more I write, the more I realize how powerful those moments are in a storyline because I want to help you heal through your trauma. So, I mentioned this in one of my last, um, my last podcast episode, but I'm just going to read this, apparently. So... It starts out, I don't know, yeah. And you can see, this is what I was talking about in the last episode as far as I am a very visual writer. So, um, Snowflake is having a flashback and everything is all disjointed and wobbly. Um, and I won't read the actual flashback, but I will read the part leading up to it. So, chapter two, part one right now. Right now is all that matters. Right now is all that exists. Past and present are the illusionary byproducts of a bored and idle mind. The only thing we truly have is the present. Snowflake lay on the cool tile floor, which was patterned like a beautiful swirling grain of cedar wood boards. Her breathing was slow, controlled, and focused. 
nothing mattered. Time melted away into nothingness, like floating in space. She was weightless and surrounded in darkness and quiet. There, they were working on a sensory deprivation tank in the basement, but until that was complete, this would do. Tucked away in the closet connected to the master bathroom, she was safe. As she breathed, she let her thoughts swirl around in her brain until they got bored and dissipated like fragile clouds. She needed this. It had been a chaotic month, what with the whole Belladonna incident, so she hadn't had time to lie down and just be, and it was affecting her mental health. The longer she lay, the pushier her thoughts became. She'd ignore them, and they'd push back with vigor. That things that she thought were long gone, swarming her mind and begging for her attention. The chaotic battle in her mind between peaceful being and negative dwelling shoved her out of the sweet spot of meditation and into the deep pit of reflection. Suddenly, she was reliving memories again, and although it wasn't something she ever enjoyed doing, she was very thankful that Shy Guy had forewarned her about such occurrences before she really delved into the world of self-healing because it was quite the bitch to deal with. So, Pink Candy Project Book 1 Breakout has a lot of Candy's childhood trauma within its pages as well. And I write new adult speculative literature, which is just a fancy way of saying urban fantasy young adult for grown-ups, and specialize in self-help fiction geared to help you find the light at the end of whatever tunnel you may be crawling through right now. So go pick up a book at arianwrites.com slash goddess slash books and then tweet me at Arian Writes and comment on this video which book you got, what you thought, and if you'll be reading more in the future. Not because reviews rule the universe, but because I'm genuinely curious what you think. And all I know is that if you're watching this channel, you should be reading my books. I mean, that's why I'm here. <laughs> so that you want to zip over to Amazon and at the very least read the book preview. I might not be your cup of literary tea, but I know you'll love my writing style. Until next time, Sugar Plum, may peace, love, light, and happiness always be with you.